By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. I went to a local coffee shop this week. I'm not going to say which one because this is not a flattering story I'm about to tell. And don't try to guess, okay? And there's like 97 local coffee shops, so just don't try to guess. So I walk in and I walk up to the counter to order, standing there, and the young woman behind the register obviously knew that I was standing there because look at me. But nevertheless, she just kind of stared at the floor for a few seconds. And when she finally looked up at me, it was this kind of half-disgusted, raised eyebrow, bobbly head kind of look. I'll try to do it. Let's see if I can do it. She kind of looks up like... It was like I was wearing a shirt that said, I hate you, or something. I was a little taken aback and a bit intimidated, to be honest, so I proceeded to order my cup of coffee in the form of a nervous apology. I am so sorry. Would it be okay if I got a regular cup of coffee for here? (laughs) She took a mug, slammed it down on the counter, turned the credit card machine around for me, and then just left. True story. I, like, paid with my card and, like, reached over and (laughs) took my own receipt (laughs) and then like went and sat down. Contrast that with a different experience I had at another local coffee shop. This one happened about a year ago, and it was the first time I ever walked in there, and they were actually closed, because I didn't know they were closed on Tuesdays, and I went on a Tuesday. But the owner happened to be there roasting beans. And he saw me, and I apologized. Oh, gosh, sorry, I didn't realize you were closed. But he welcomed me in, even though he was closed, introduced himself, poured me a cup of coffee from the pot that he made for himself. And that was over a year ago. And to this day, he still remembers my name when I walk in. These are two very radically different experiences in local coffee shops. I share them because sometimes it's not difficult for us to um, spot people's motivation for what they're doing. These coffee shop experiences are a very obvious example of the difference between, on the one hand, what was a hired hand, and on the other hand, a shop owner. In the second case, it was the owner of the shop. These two stories show the difference between someone who is primarily there to draw a paycheck, that's the main purpose, and someone whose passion is the product that they are creating and the people that they are serving. And this, of course, is the same difference that our Lord points out in his teaching today on the Good Shepherd. He also introduces to us two similar characters, a Good Shepherd who is the owner, if you will, of the flock, and then the hireling, or the hired hand. Jesus says of himself, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
Why does the good shepherd lay down his life for the sheep? There are two primary reasons. First and foremost, it is out of love for and obedience to the Father in heaven. Jesus says in today's gospel, No one takes my life from me. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This charge I have received from my Father. He lays down his life out of love and obedience to the Father. He also lays down his life for his sheep because he loves the sheep. So St. John writes in his epistle, By this we know love that he laid down his life for us. In his vocation, Jesus, the good shepherd, is motivated out of love for God the Father and love for the flock that he is entrusted with. So much so does he love the Father and the flock that he lays down his life for them. He puts the will of God and the life of us sinners first, even in place of his own life. This is contrasted with the hired hand. Our Lord teaches, He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, flees, the wolf comes in, snatches them, and scatters them. He flees, Jesus says, because he is a hireling and he cares nothing for the sheep. The hireling is not motivated out of love of God or love of the flock, but primarily motivated by love of self, and so acts in self-preservation. In our Lord's teaching, you'll notice that there is a dual threat to the flock, which is to say a dual threat to the church of Christ. There is the danger from without, that is the wolf who desires to snatch and scatter the flock. You don't have to be a theologian to probably guess who the wolf is a reference to. It is a direct reference to our adversary, the devil, and to, uh, to refer to our baptismal covenant. It's a reference to all the evil powers which seek to corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. The wolf is also, though, the early church teaches, and St. John Chrysostom in particular, the wolf also is an allusion to those lies and deceits and deceptions and false teachings by which the devil is able to infiltrate, sabotage, and divide the church from within. And by the way, his ultimate goal is to divide the church so that he can destroy it. The plan is to divide and conquer. So there is a danger from without, which is the wolf. But there's also the danger from within, and this is the hired hand. This is the one in whom the flock is entrusted on behalf of the good shepherd, but who in the face of adversity or danger gives way to the wolf. This is the one who cares more for him or herself than they care for the sheep who they have been entrusted with. There have always been these dual threats to the people of God, and there probably always will be until our Lord returns. 
This fourth Sunday of Easter is commonly referred to as Good Shepherd Sunday. The reading from the gospel is about the Good Shepherd. The 23rd Psalm is about the Good Shepherd. But it's perhaps less commonly known as Vocations Sunday. A number of Christian denominations set aside this particular Sunday as a day of prayer and reflection for our call to ministry and Christian service. And it is an appropriate meditation for Good Shepherd Sunday. It is as St. John writes, By this we know love, that the Good Shepherd laid down his life for us, but he doesn't stop there, and so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, not only saves us by laying down his life for us, but he also empowers and inspires us to do the same. So we ought to lay down our lives for one another. This is the heart of Christian vocation. A vocation is not merely a job or a goal or task or a career even. The word vocation comes from the Latin vocare, which means to call. A vocation is something that God has called us to. A Christian vocation is a particular manner of life which God calls us to serve him. We are every one of us called by God to carry out and carry on his work of redemption through his church and in the world. And we're not called to serve as the hireling. That's probably an understatement. That probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. We're not called to serve as the hireling, one whose primary motivation is love of self or self-interest or self-preservation. We are called, naturally, to follow the example of the Good Shepherd and to serve wholeheartedly out of love for God the Father and out of love for his flock, his church, his world. And St. John, in his epistle, actually gives us the quality of love to which we are called when he says, we are called to love not in word or speech, but in deed and in truth. We are called to love indeed in our actions by the giving of ourselves, the laying down of our lives for one another. And we are called to love in truth, which is to say rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the truth. St. John in his epistle uses the Greek word althea, which it means truth. We are called to love indeed and in althea. It's the same Greek word our Lord uses when he says, I am the way and the althea, the truth. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the truth. To love indeed and in truth is to love rooted in the word of God, rooted in his manner of life, rooted in his teachings. Jesus says, I know my own, and my own know me. He says, the sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice, and they heed his voice. Jesus is the truth by which we are called to love and serve the world. St. John Chrysostom points out, he says, when they desired to kill Jesus, 
he neither altered his own teaching, that is, he didn't compromise the good news that he had come to proclaim. He neither altered his teaching, standing firm in the truth, nor did he betray those who believed on him, but stood firm and chose to die. He loved perfectly in deed and in truth and calls us also to love one another, not in word and speech, but in deed and in truth. Christian vocation is a dynamic process. There are many little callings that take place in the midst of the greater overarching calling. I'll use as an example, a classic example, that of a priest serving in the church of Christ. A priest is called to shepherd a flock, to be a pastor. That's A pastor is the Latin word for shepherd. That's the grand overarching calling, vocation. But then there are the many callings within that vocation which make up the day-to-day, the month-to-month, and the year-to-year adventures within that call. And so it is with all of us. We have a great overarching call of what God would have us do in service to him and in his church. And then we have those day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year adventures within that call. Christian vocation is a dynamic process. So on this Good Shepherd Sunday, this Vocation Sunday, I'd like to leave us with the reflective question of how is God calling you to love and serve him in deed and in truth, either the overarching calling or a particular calling within it? How is he calling you to love and serve him and his church and his world in this season ahead? I can tell you that there are plenty of needs within the church. I can tell you that the opportunities abound at St. Michael's, opportunities to serve. Serving at the altar as an acolyte, a chalice bearer, or a reader. When I was a kid, I used to think that the people up here just came with the building. You know, you just show up, because they're often the same people, you know. You see them up there, the priest sleeps in the back, you know, it's just, it's just part of the deal. No, these are actually people who are fulfilling a calling in service. You could be too. You are too in many ways. Uh, serving as an usher or a greeter, volunteering in the children's ministry, providing hospitality to the community during coffee hour, visiting the sick and the shut-in and praying for those in need. There are many, many, many needs in the church, and there always will be. But here is something really important to understand. We don't serve to fill the need in the church. That's not what vocation is. We each one are called for particular purposes to serve God and his church. Our responsibility is to heed that call. And God will take care of putting together the ways in which we're called and the needs that the church has and will always have. But we don't serve to fill the need. We listen to what the call is that God has for us, and then we ask him where he would like us to live out that vocation and that call. Christian vocation is never a question of if, 
but rather those very particular questions, personal questions of what, when, how. And of course, we already know the why. By this we know love, that the good shepherd laid down his life for us, and so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.